Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. My good friend, Dr. Eric Camp, professor of macroeconomics at Ryerson University, is back with us. We couldn't go through the year without you, Professor Camp. This is my last live show of the year, and I want to thank you out of the gate for all the tremendous programming that you've uh, provided and information you've given us. Things that we've learned from you are really significantly important to us, particularly at this time. So thank you very much. You know, Roy, I've told everybody, and I make no secret of it, I love being on with you. I love hearing from the listeners, whether they are complimentary or not. And if teaching is the thing that I love to do most in this profession, uh, being on with you on Sundays or Saturdays would be number two. I consider it an honor, and I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. And as far as your students are concerned, I've checked how they feel about you online, and uh, you are a tremendous favorite with your students. They really like you a lot. Well, thank you very much, but I have to tell you the truth. They're well remunerated to say that, so well, it really well, doesn't. Well, and, and I guess the check for me is in the mail too, right? It absolutely <laughs> is. I can't believe you haven't got it yet. I sent it years ago. <laughs> Let me just play for you again, because I want your thoughts on this. Before we get into the other things we're going to talk about, so Yves Giroux was on the program yesterday, the parliamentary budget officer. I really like him. He comes on the show and he's a just he's a, he's a guy like you, you know. He has information, but he knows how to he knows how to share it so people understand. Here's listen again to what he said. There seems to be a desensitization about what the government is doing, a disinterest or just a sense of we've had enough with all this. And that's worrying me because it gives a free pass to politicians and to the government to do what they want as opposed to what Canadians need. Professor Cam, your thoughts? Well, I'm glad that you replayed that for anybody who didn't hear Mr. Giroux, but I did as I always do, and he is a wise man. Whether he talked about desensitization in terms of deficits and debts, or he talks about a complete lack of transparency, he's right on both parts. It seems the government, in a lot of ways, has kind of, well, for lack of a better word, given up. I'm not really sure that they understand the mandate and the challenge ahead of them. And right now is one of the rare times that I sit before you where it is a little bit fuzzy. I mean, I blame the government for the same reasons that Mr. Giroux does, but sometimes things aren't as clear as they should be. And this week, thanks to Omicron, um, we really have two very com different competing forces, Roy. And so I'd like to sort of illustrate them for you. We have the spending up forces, the inflationary forces that we've been facing for a while now, be it the CERB money pushing up prices, supply chains pushing up prices, um, what some people consider uncapped consumer spending pushing up prices. But now, thanks to our new friend Omicron, we have our first deflationary trend in a long time. And so you ask yourself, we've got the pressures pushing up prices, the pressures pushing down prices. What's going to win? And the answer is, and I hate to do this because I like to have definitive answers, but you'd need a crystal ball. You would need a crystal ball to know what's going to happen. But Mr. Giroux is 100% right on things like debts and deficits and repaying of future generations of cost. 
the government has kind of thrown in the towel and said, we frankly don't know what to do. We don't have a mandate. And it's it's very sad. I think everybody will agree. Yeah. There was one uh, issue we talked about yesterday with uh, Tom Korski from uh, Black Box Reporter. And uh, it had to do with the finance minister um, telling uh, parliament that the cost for Bill C-2, an act to an act to provide further support in response to COVID-19, that'll make your eyes blink, uh, was going to be $7.4 billion minutes after the MPs uh, passed the bill and adjourned for Christmas. The minister stepped forward and said, no, no, uh, no, not $7.4 billion, I'm sorry, $11.9 billion. That is the kind of move, the kind of political decision-making or manipulation that absolutely completely frustrates the average person. What does it do to you? It's very frustrating. And frankly, as a teacher of economics, it's very hard to understand how I can go up in front of my students and tell them that we have a stable government that makes good, sound, rational decisions with respect to monetary and fiscal policy when it looks like they're playing a game of flip over the card, see what comes up and announce that today as policy. I mean, it's it's very, very tough. What I try to do in these cases is look at something and somebody that is a little bit more credible and has a little bit more stability. And um, you and I actually tossed around this week for a second that the Bank of Canada, yeah. which is a body that I tend to respect, frankly, a little bit more than our federal government, they were presented this week with a dual mandate proposition, a group of economists and business people, both academic and, and what some people would call real world, came forward and said, we understand that you inflation target, but what we really need right now is a full employment target. And the Bank of Canada soundly rejected that. And they said, right now, we just can't do it. We have got to get out there and control inflation before prices go spiraling up and people's paychecks start to amount to closer and closer to zero. So at least, and I know this isn't going to make anybody unemployed feel better, and this isn't going to make anybody who is $200 away from losing their home feel better, but I'm I'm a little bit warmed in the heart to know that the Bank of Canada hasn't lost sight of what we need to do. We need to control people's paychecks so that they don't get eroded from within. So, uh, Mr. Cam, Professor Cam, inflation, um, looking ahead to 2022, what do you foresee? Let's drag that crystal ball out and shine it up a bit. Well, I, I would actually like to do that. By the way, I just want to mention that I did get my booster this week. And in a related story, my cell phone reception has never been better. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't Can we try, resist. tie the two together for sure? So mine should improve tomorrow then. I don't know. You know what, Roy? I'm in a great mood because it's your show. And I just noticed that Dallas and Miami both won their games today. Right so on, Cowboys. This is really a day. But let me tell you. So you want to bring out the crystal ball. Okay, you can we can take this down. Someone can record it and they can take me to task next year when I'm wrong. But I think the the two operative words for the months coming up ahead for for Canada is risk aversion. I think that people, uh, businesses, every every member of the circular flow really has to practice some risk aversion. Number one, I think stagflation, as you mentioned, is the economic issue moving forward. You mentioned the government tripping over its own shoelaces increasing spending yet again to these unprecedented levels. And if they keep doing that, we are absolutely headed for higher inflation 
and higher unemployment. So number one, I'd say we've got to watch out for stagflation. Number two, interest rates are going up. That's not me. That's the Bank of Canada. But thanks to Omicron, we're not sure how fast now. So I would ask people again in this vein of risk aversion, let's control household debt. It is the most serious, serious time since the 90s to do that. If you don't have to make that big purchase, maybe you hold off right now. Speaking of holding off, jobs we know are underperforming. You may see job numbers going up and the government does a happy dance, but those jobs are part-time jobs. They are not jobs that have pensions or benefits. This is not the time to be hunting if you're full-time employed. Take the certainty outcome every time. And then quickly, we know the energy sector is underutilized. I wish I could predict for you that will get better, but there's no evidence to that. And the government has to facilitate an unclogging of the supply chain. So there's one, two, three, four, five, Roy, but you put them all together. People have to practice risk aversion. At the end of the day, make sure you and your family can can pay your bills, can feed each other. And let's enter 2022 safe and healthy. Yeah, I just wonder sometimes, and I shouldn't really because the evidence is right in front of me, whether governments are in fact addicted to spending and whether they equate spending with winning elections. And that's what it's all about, winning the next election. And and so we're now looking what what's our what our what's our inflation rate four point seven, yeah it's it's creeping up on five percent which is three percent above what the Bank of Canada promised it would never do yeah, and the in the U S I think in November it was six point seven percent, and we're yep. looking at gasoline prices up almost thirty three percent in the last year which affects everything from pumping gas into your vehicle or diesel into a company truck all of this shelters up four point eight percent food is up. We just heard from uh, uh, from uh, Professor Sylvain Charlebois from Dalhousie University. We're looking at another family of four, looking at another $1,000 for food costs in uh, 2022. It really does speak to about to watching what you spend and and be careful about what you spend. And, and yet at the same time, Professor Camp, we get the message that, hey, this is how you drive the economy forward. You have to spend money you know, in order to help business survive and drive the economy forward. So what do you do? You have to spend money, Roy, if you have the money to spend. You can't be foolish. We know that we are not all equal. We're not just a homogeneous lump of people that have same incomes and same spending and and say just we're different. We are different people. People that can spend will spend. Wealthy people will spend. I'm not talking about those people. I'm trying to make the world a little bit of a better place, Roy, through this thing we call economics. And I'm telling people that if they are close to the margin, then they've got to be prudent. They've got to practice risk aversion and they've got to keep money back for such an emergency now. Now, Roy, an emergency like filling up your car or going shopping at the grocery store. I tell you, I was shocked when I read that uh email so you know borrowed every nickel that that this individual could to buy the home and then uh, now i can't afford to put tires on my truck i I thought yeah but you know you should be thinking about that when you're borrowing to the max you should be thinking about that but i and then i think sometimes people just get caught up in the process and get, get caught up in fear and if i don't buy now it'll never be available to me that's not necessarily the 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 case It's not the case at all, but you're right. People get caught up in fear. 
governments get caught up in fear. And we have many, too many examples this year of people that have made poor decisions. And the only thing that's going to reel this in is making better prudent choices on the part of our government and the part of our population. And I would ask the government in case they're listening, because why wouldn't they be, that in a lot of ways, governments have to take the lead. And I wish the government would just start making better decisions and sending a better positive message to their population other than you can spend, 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 and it doesn't matter because they have no limit on their credit card, but you and I do. What did you make of the fiscal statement? Um, much ado about nothing, Roy. I've heard very little that makes me um, warm and fuzzy inside. I still think that this crew is making it up as they go along. And I wish I could say something more positive than that. But I think it's just same old, same old. And and if I'm wrong, I'll hear about it on Twitter. Yeah, and we uh, we were supposed to be getting a budget. We went more than two years without a budget, and uh, I, I can't remember the. I can't think of another organization, as somebody said on the program yesterday. Could you think of another organization that could go uh, for two years without presenting a budget? Any town, any city, any province, any other government? We were the only government in the world, I think, that went well. You know, the reports to its people that went two years without a budget. So God knows what we're going to get. But there has to be responsible. Uh, action. What's the what's the most important thing that has to be in the next federal budget? The next federal budget has to have some clear statement of where interest rates are going, yeah. on how they are going to fight inflation, and what they are going to do to start reducing fiscal stimulus. If you don't attack three, not one or two, three of those things, Roy, then 2022 is going to look just like 2021. Are you at all concerned about the short-term future for all of us? And I'm staying within economics now. I'm not going venturing into the COVID arena, although it's all tied together, I guess. But are you concerned for the short-term well-being, let's say for the next five years, for the people of this country? Well, of course. I mean, and any economist who tells you that they're not, of course, should be relieved of their duties. But we have some serious issues right now. We don't have time for cosmetic ones. We have things creeping up on us like prices that are just spiraling and yeah. people's paychecks in real terms that are just plunging. And we can't leave these things alone. The government thinks at times that they can just make an announcement and walk away and let's see what happens. But the last time that we did that in the 1990s, see what happens, gave us 20% interest rates and people <laughs> walking away from houses. So me, I'm very concerned. I'm always concerned about the population. Economics is a social science. And I think that's why I led today and I'll conclude today with please be risk averse at this time. Email from Lynn. I really like Professor Cam. He's so sensible and very nice, too. Well, that's Roy. I really like Lynn. So it goes both ways. <laughs> you are something else. So the most important factor, the most and we have about 30 seconds here. The most important thing that has to happen for us to have some sort of appropriate alignment fiscally, economically in 2022 has to be what? Price control. Price control, price control. The central bank has to do its job and reel in inflation so that people's paychecks still mean something. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 